Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. I'm excited about college football. And if you follow college football, the games are starting in, oh, about five sleeps from now. Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, great follow on Twitter, great read uh, at the Action Network headquarters. He's been on this show before. He joins us again. Brett McMurphy, uh, I'm excited the games are starting. Are you ready for games? I am, John, but I know you brought me on here to talk about the Sun Belt, so let's get started. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, hey, hey, I, I saw uh, your... Uh, yeah. quick, I, I tried to... I saw you in L.A. at Taco Media Days. I wanted to come up and say hi, but every time I turned around, you were interviewing somebody, so I didn't want to be the guy that interrupts an interview. So I did see you out there, and uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, you bet, man. I think you do a hell of a job. And, you know, I read your bowl predictions, projections today. I love that you are, you know, steering the conversation, uh, some of the conversation back towards the games and the seasons and the teams because that's what I'm in it for. Uh, What jumped out at you or what are you getting grief from when it came to your bowl projections? Which fan base is mad at you today? (laughs) There's 131 schools, so 130 are pissed off. Alabama's the only one because I've got him, you know, winning the national championship. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, and look, I always tell people if you don't like my bold projections, well, just wait till next week and they'll likely change. But, you know, doing these, I, I mentioned that, you know, when I get to the final week of the season last year, it was incredible. I ended up on Selection Sunday uh, about an hour before they were released. I hit 92% which was probably uh, I'll never achieve that again. But I I warn people that the preseason bowl projections are a lot closer to 9% accuracy. So don't book book those airline flights just yet based on my bowl projections. You got Mario Cristobal making the playoff in your initial projections, Miami getting there. What do you like about his team right now? Well, I mean, you know, you know, Mario and, and, I just think Miami's going to have such a different attitude with him there. He got rid of the turnover chain. They don't want to be a bunch of flash and all that. I think there's a lot more substance there. They're going to be a lot tougher team. You know, his background as an offensive line coach, uh, he's really excited about the offensive line. And they've got one of the – in a league that arguably has the best group of quarterbacks in the country, they've got one of the best in Tyler Van Dyke. And, you know – Picking that number four team, I, I literally could have gone with a dozen teams. I could have gone with Oregon. I could have gone with Utah. Uh, you know, there's a number of teams I could have gone with. The, the top three are pretty obvious, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Doesn't mean that's how it's going to end up at the end of the year. But to, for that fourth spot, I just I think the ACC is wide open. I don't think Clemson's going to get back to the title game. I actually like NC State better than Clemson. I like Miami a little bit better. So I just, you know, hey, it's it's early. Take a flyer. Um, if I'm right, I'm a genius. If not, well, people will call me, you know, worse names than I've, I've heard before, so I'm not worried about it. 
You got Utah and Michigan in the Rose Bowl. I'd love to see that game. I actually, I think Utah is going to go to Florida and win in in Week One. What do you think about Utah this season? I love Utah. I, I picked them. Uh, they made me look smart. I picked them to win the Pac-12 last year. I'm picking them again this year to win the Pac-12. I mean, this is a critical game. Not, not you know, for it's not obviously going to do anything to their Pac-12 hopes or anything. But as far as the college football playoff, you've got Utah going to Florida. You got you know Oregon playing a quote neutral game against Georgia, and these are tremendous opportunities for those two schools. Because, you know, we can break down the college football playoffs selection committee and what they've done the past eight years. Bottom line, it boils down to this. If you got two losses, you're out. So if Oregon or Utah loses this opener, they basically got to run the table to have a realistic shot to get in the college football playoff. I don't think either squad will run the table no matter what happens in the opener. I think, you know, maybe Alabama runs the table, Ohio State. Other than that, I think everybody will have at least one loss. So this is a huge game for Utah. And I'm, look, I'm based here in Tampa, Florida. It is humid. <laughs> I want to stress that. Uh, the good news is it's a night kickoff. But how much will that weather impact the youth? I think they're the better team. But again, it's it's a tough road game. It's it's a trip across the country, and and I'm excited. Like you, I'm excited to finally see some games and. Let some of this other uh, off-the-field stuff kind of take a back seat so we can actually uh, see some of these guys and, and teams playing. Nick Saban gets a big deal, a big extension from Alabama. You know, we're talking about a guy who's had $100 million plus in earnings. And, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see, you know, he gets an eight-year deal, $94 million, highest-paid coach in college football. A lot of the comments were he's underpaid. How does that strike you, Brett McMurphy? I've been saying that for several years. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. And I know the first reaction is, "What are you talking about? He's going to be making ninety-four millions over the last eight, over the next eight years." People, <laughs> people have short memories because before Nick Saban got to Alabama, they were you look in the dictionary under dumpster fire, and that was Alabama's program. They were horrible. They had gone through the Mike Price fiasco. Uh, Mike Shula was there. Uh, he could go on and on. They they were weren't going to bowl games every year. Forget about competing for the national championship. They couldn't even get bowl eligible. So what does Saban come in and do? He changes he changes college football. He changes the University of Alabama. And I would love. I don't know if there's any way to you know accurately project or figure out how much he has meant to the university dollars and cents wise. But I guarantee you that $94 million that they're paying him over the next eight years, that's a bargain for the amount of publicity he's given the program, for the number of buildings that have been built because of Saban. And I'm not talking about athletic buildings, but buildings across campus, for what he's done for Tuscaloosa, the city of Tuscaloosa, how it's grown. I mean, again, I agree with those people who say he's underpaid because he, he could make double that at Alabama, and you could argue that he's made more than – more than that much for the school and meant, meant that much to the school. And I, it sounds weird. I don't think people really appreciate the job he's done. I think it'll be one of those things where after he finally steps down, which, you know, probably won't be in my lifetime, but whenever that day comes, I think then people may take a look back and go, Jesus, I don't believe that. They were ranked number one every year for, 
for 15 straight years. They went to the college football playoff every single year but one. They did, you know. Now it's just expected, and you just kind of grow uh, accustomed to it. And I don't think I, I know it sounds weird that he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but I think people kind of just take it for granted. And it, it's it's similar but different to how Florida State had that run where they went finished in the top four 14 consecutive years. And while it happened, you're just kind of like, man, this is kind of cool. And then finally Bobby Bowden steps down and you take a look back and you're like, wow, how did they do that? I think the same thing, people will look at Saban the same way. And if there was ever any debate who the best coach in college football was, he's he's ended that argument a couple of years ago. Brett McMurphy is our guest, Action Network. You can read him there, follow him on Twitter as well. Brett, let's talk about expansion, what it means. You had the report yesterday uh, that there's some back-channeling going on between Oregon and the Big Ten Conference do you have a sense of how serious this is? How is it a formality? Is, are these sides just kind of feeling each other out? Like, what is the motivation? All of that. No, it, it's serious, John. And, and I, you know, I guess, you know, when I reported it and I said, you know, wanted to make clear that, you know, Oregon's president and, and Rob Mullins weren't there, and neither were Kevin Warren. People were like, well, how serious of meetings could these be? You know, are these just cut some boosters? going out for beers no this is legit stuff but you know what it's it's lawyers and it's those kind of people kind of just getting together and you know pardon the pun but making sure all the ducks are in a row and it's just one step of the process it happened with usc and the big 10 it happened with ou in texas and the sec the only difference was it never got out with those schools we didn't learn about the process of this until this well with USC, UCLA, literally the day it got announced, OU Texas leaked a little bit earlier. And so, no, John, this is just a step in the process. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have to be figured out. But sources have been telling me since July, last month, that Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, obviously Notre Dame is at the top of that list, have been identified by the Big Ten as schools that they would bring in. The Big Ten has done all their homework on these schools, and now it's just kind of getting getting everyone together and figuring this out and seeing how how this would work. And then once they get to that point, and this process, you know, could take weeks, it could take months. Um, then I, I fully expect, again, based on what my sources have been telling me the last month, what they've been telling me the last week, what they've been telling me this week, that this will happen. And you know, all you have to do is. You don't believe me, watch Real Sports on HBO tonight with Bryant Gumbel. He interviewed Kevin Warren. It was taped last week. He was asked point blank, do you foresee the Big Ten going to 20 schools? Kevin did not say maybe. He did not say we'll look, about, we'll look at it, we'll think about it. He said yes. So if you're going to get the 20, do you want to add the four schools when USC and UCLA come on board in 2024? Because that would make the most seamless transition. And also, a big criticism has been, well, look at the travel issues with USC and UCLA. Well, how do you solve that? Well, of course, you add schools on the West Coast. That limits USC and US, UCLA's travel greatly. And I think, again, it's not that I think they're going to do. That's what sources are telling me that they will do. And your next question probably is a timeline. That's the question I cannot get answered by anybody. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be next week. I don't know if it's going to be next month or next year. But all I'm being told is the Big Ten is not done expanding. And after Notre Dame, those Pac-12 schools are at the top of their list. How 
how viable is Notre Dame as a conference member in the Big Ten? Meaning, if I, Brad, if I put you as an advisor to Notre Dame, and you, you know, you know they can get to the playoff as an independent, you know they can get the money they probably need in media rights as an independent. Would you advise them? What is the upside for jumping into the Big Ten, or should they stay independent? Well, see, that would be impossible because you're not. I'm not part of the Notre Dame culture or history. Um, they look at, and I guess a way to explain that is Notre Dame views its independence kind of the way that the Pac-12 views the Rose Bowl. Um, it's unless you've experienced it, and I've been fortunate enough to cover the Rose Bowl. Um, actually, was out there, I believe, the last time Oregon won it. You, people can't understand how special it is and what it means to, to that community and the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten conferences. So Notre Dame, they're very proud about being an independent. But you nailed it. I think what it comes down to is can Notre Dame get the same ballpark financially as being an independent with NBC doing their new deal? And more importantly probably is – What's their path to the college football playoff? We don't know what the new playoff is going to look like. How how important will it be to be affiliated with the conference? If that isn't an issue, then I think they would prefer to stay an independent. However, one thing that could force them into being in the Big Ten is if the Big Ten goes to 20 schools. The SEC is going to get to 20 at some point if these ACC schools can get out of the grant of rights. Well, who is Notre Dame actually going to be playing if those two leagues, at that point, they'll be playing make, they'll be playing 10 conference games. There's no way they won't be. So now, who's Notre Dame going to play? Is NBC really going to pay $60 million to see Notre Dame play Ball State every week? No, they're not. So at that point, um, Notre Dame may figure out, you know, look, we're going to run out of people to play. And, oh, by the way, a lot of schools we've historically played, Stanford, USC, Michigan, Michigan State are now all conference games. Um, we're going to be in the three biggest media markets in the country, Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. So then it maybe it makes more sense. But I think at the end of the day, they would prefer a state an independent until the end of time. But things are changing so much, they may have to go ahead and reluctantly uh, join the Big Ten, um, kicking and screaming while they take that, you know, 70 to $100 million dollar uh, media rights deal every year. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, is with us. One of the issues that came up early when we started talking to consultants or you know former Fox Sports Network's president Bob Thompson told me, look, Oregon just doesn't bring the value. You can't get the justification. They are dilutive to the Pac-12 conference. You know, excuse me, to the Big Ten conference. How do you? How does the Big Ten get around that? How does it make it work? to bring on a Washington or an Oregon or a Stanford when it doesn't pencil out at 70 million plus in media rights value. Well, yeah, that's right. It's funny. I was just going back and forth with Bob in a very friendly uh, banter on Twitter. Um, But no, he's, he's absolutely right. But the, the thing is, that's what, I'm sure that's what a lot of these discussions are about right now between Oregon and the Big Ten is, okay, Oregon, you don't bring the same value as USC and UCLA, or at least USC. So if we bring you in, the slices of the pie are going to be smaller. Well, so 
the current Big, Big Ten members don't want to make less money. So how can they keep the same amount of money and then we bring in some other programs that aren't going to bring in the same value? So how does that work? Well, there's a number of ways you can do that. Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal would, would not get a full share, potentially. Rutgers and Maryland didn't get full shares when they were brought in. They had to work their way up. And then the first reaction, I'm sure, is, well, USC and UCLA got full shares. Well, that's different. They brought the L.A. market to the Big Ten and increased the value of the deal. Or is there some way that, you know, if only Oregon had some, like, really rich alumni that could, you know, perhaps he could help out Oregon and kind of uh, compensate whatever the difference may be between a full share and not having a full share. Um, there's, a, there's a number of ways they can work with that. Um, and then, you know, if everyone's, well, why would they do that? They're not getting treated equally as USC or UCLA. Well, the alternative is, is stay in a Pac-12 and you're still going to make substantially less money in the Pac-12. And, and I, I, I believe this from what sources are telling me. I don't like this, but I think the future of the Pac-12 hinges on the Big Ten. And if the Big Ten, unless they have a dual 180 and decide not to add those Pac-12 schools, I don't. I hate this, but I don't see the Pac-12 surviving because then you're going to have the corner schools. Look at the Big 12. The Big 12 has been aggressive in pursuing those schools because then if you're part of those corner schools and you're left, left with a 16 conference, you can tell me whatever Mountain West teams you want to add, they are not going to have the same meteorites value as the Big 12, and so do you want to stay in that league or would you rather go to a power league with 16 members or kind of a pack 6 or 8 or 10 or whatever numbers they get up to adding anywhere from 2 to 4 Mountain Westerns? I just think at that point the corner schools go to the Big 12, and then unfortunately, and I hate this because I love Jonathan Smith, but I hate this because then what's going to happen to Oregon State and Washington? Yeah, and I, I think you're right. If the Pac-12 loses Oregon, I think everyone runs for the hills. And I think George Klyovkov's got a tough job right now, and you know he's trying to negotiate a media rights deal with ESPN. What should the Pac-12's approach be on the short term, Brett? Because they, their aim has to be to keep Oregon in the fold, but they also probably are going to have to give up some leverage to Oregon and allow Oregon to have some exit built into that package in the event that the Big 12 just goes, hey, we're not ready to expand now, we're waiting on Notre Dame, could be a year, could be five years. Uh, what should the Big Pac-12 be doing or thinking about with this media rights deal? I mean, John, that's a great question. I don't I don't know the answer. Like, I don't know, in, you know, I, I feel for George, and, it's, you know, Greg Sankey could be the commissioner of the Pac-12, Kevin Warren could be the commissioner of the Pac-12. You're only as strong as the schools in your in your league. For the, for the length of your grant of rights. And if you're Oregon, if you're Washington, if you're Stanford, you're Cal, what incentive do you have to sign? I've been told it would probably be a five- to six-year deal. What incentive do you have to sign a five- or six-year contract when you know you may get an offer ne- the next day, the next week, the next month, to go to a different conference that's going to pay you twice as much money? That's that's very difficult. It's, it's almost impossible. I don't know what the Pac-12 can do because – they're hampered so much by geography. What's what's weird is, and I'm a alum from Oklahoma State, so I'm you know Big Twelve ties. The Big Twelve is in the same position as the Pac-12 
last year when they lost OU in Texas. And the Pac-12 could have delivered the death blow to the Big 12 by taking some Big 12 schools and going to the Pac-12. And then even if you would have lost schools to the Big 10, you still would have survived. The other Big 10 schools would have scattered, joined the American or Mountain West or whatever, but the Pac-12 would have survived. Well, the Pac-12 decided to stay put because the Big 12 schools didn't add value. That makes sense. But now we're to the point, and I say this as an alum of a Big 12 school, the reason the, the Big 12's in more stable ground is because nobody wants their schools. The Big 10 doesn't want anybody from the, from the Big 12. SEC already got OU in Texas. They could have anybody they want in that league. That's the only two they wanted. So they're not going to get picked off by anybody. So there's actually more stability there. So kind of what you were saying is, if an Oregon leaves, and I think it'll be Oregon and Washington. I don't think Oregon goes solo. Oregon and Washington leave, then what's the incentive for the other schools to leave, knowing, you know, there, there some of these schools are just a call away from the, the Big Ten or, a, or a, you know, friend request on Facebook, and they're gone. You know, these other schools got to look out for themselves. And I understand right now everyone's saying we're working together, we're doing everything thing we can to stay together i really believe that i i totally do but it's you know like you're committed 100 percent to your job but then if somebody rolls in and offers you two or three times uh the amount of money and better incentives and better security for your family and all that you know suddenly you're, you're committed to something else so it's a hard hard position to pack 12s in and i hope i'm wrong but i think if the big 10 makes this move the other schools will, will eventually end up in the Big 12. And, I, I, you know, the Pac-12 has been around for 107 years. I don't know if they'll be around 110. And I, ho- I hope I'm wrong because I hate – I cover conference realignment, but I hate what it's done. I hate what it's done to college athletics going all the way back to, you know, we used to have the WAC and the Southwest Conference. And, you know, now I'm getting all misty-eyed thinking about no. this. But <laughs> I'm, I'm the same but, way. Yeah, yeah I, co- I covered the WAC. Yeah, I mean, hell. It sucks, but <laughs> – yeah, but bottom line is money talks and follow the money. Schools are going to do what's best for the schools. Conferences are going to do what's best for the conference. And if it means a conference is going to go away, oh, by the way, the ACC rated the Big East. That's why there's no Big East in football anymore. Brett McMurphy, I appreciate you. Follow him on Twitter. I appreciate you giving us some of your time. Hey, you got it, John. We'll break down the sun belt next time, buddy. Next, next time we'll get after it. Brett, thank you, my friend. <laughs> There he is from the Action Network. It's good stuff. I want your reaction to it. And I agree with, I agree with the core of what Brett McMurphy is saying. I, I agree if the Big Ten comes calling and says to Oregon, Washington, uh, say, look, hey, we need to take you in. Uh, let's, let's do it. I think Oregon and Washington are going to jump at it. I'm having a hard time, though, with the Big Ten's logic. Does, it, does the calculus work? Do the media rights valuations work? It feels to me that they would have to subsidize Oregon and Washington. And it's why I think in this cycle, and I keep saying, in this cycle, I do think the Pac-12 is going to stick together. And I think Brett McMurphy said, you know, it's, is it a week? Is it two years? Is it three years? I think it's more of a question from three to five to seven years from now on whether or not this conference is going to survive. What I am hearing in the short term is encouraging for those of you who would like the Pac-12 to continue to be the Pac-12. But I want your phone calls. 503-417-7575. You weigh in.
Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. Not buying everything Brett McMurphy's selling, but I don't blame him for reporting what his sources are telling him. Can I live with that? Yes. I'm being told by Pat... 12 athletic directors that of course they are galvanized they're moving in one direction but do i think for a minute if oregon left for the big 10 conference that the pac-12 would stay together i don't i just don't think oregon's leaving not in this cycle i think the pac-12 will pull together and part of it is i just don't think the pac-12 teams move the needle for the big 10 conference i want to take your phone calls 503-417-7575 let's go to roy who's in portland roy welcome to the conversation Hey John, I totally agree with you, man. I don't. I'm not buying nothing. Brett Man Murphy sell, selling. Uh, with all due respect, I, I I think he's trying to get clicks and eyes over his action network, man. What he's saying makes absolutely no sense. I mean, the big the, uh, uh, like I was telling the uh, the uh, your guy that answered the phone, it'd be the equivalent, John. You owning a company, right? You got ten employees that work for you. They're all getting paid well around the same amount of money. They're all getting paid exactly the same. Now, you tell your 10 employees, guess what? You're going to have to take a pay cut because I want to hire four more employees that don't bring as much value as you do, but I just want to bring them on. They're not going to be making as much money as you're making, but I just want to bring them on, and you're going to have to take a pay cut. How would your employees feel? The, 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 the Big Ten team's not taking a pay cut for Oregon and, and Washington. They don't bring anything. It's all about money and revenue. With all due respect, Oregon and Washington, you have a better chance. I don't understand what the Pac-12 is doing. Go get San Diego State. Go get UNLV. You have a better name recognition than the Big 12 does. Uh, people would, would watch uh, Stanford and Oregon and Oregon State over anything the Big 12 has to offer. So, I mean, you're not that bad. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Oregon and Washington. I don't know if people are actually thinking think they're going the the alums or uh, or the administration, but it makes no sense. I don't think the Big Twelve. I don't think the Big Ten is expanding outside of Notre Dame. And if they do, it's going to be a market play, TV market, like a Georgia Tech for Atlanta, right in the heart of SEC country, SEC country, or University of Virginia. You get the DC market. You got it with Maryland, but you get more the DC market or the or North Carolina for the Charlotte market. I mean, it's all about adding more revenue. I mean, it just I, – I don't i don't believe for one second <laughs> that he's talking to somebody and he knows Oregon and Oregon. Those teams are – I don't believe the Big Ten wants Oregon. They, they don't want Oregon. No, no, no disrespect to Oregon and Washington. But like you said, they don't bring – they don't move the needle enough for the, pack, for the Big Ten teams, even if they do – even if they don't get a full – full share, the other team still got to take less, and they're not going to do that. And so I, I, I think it's just I think it's just a bunch of nothing. I, I don't think they're going to expand. I think the Pac-12 is, is in a good position. Like I said, go get San Diego State, go get UNLV, and just and, and work out a TV deal. You're not going to cut out the whole western part of the country. I mean, in football, they, the, the TV networks are not going to leave that money on the table. Appreciate the phone call. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Roy. I am pumping the brakes a little bit on anybody outside of San Diego State right now if you're the Pac-12 Conference. And here's what I think is going to happen in the short term. 
the Pac-12, I'm being told the Pac-12 is having productive discussions with ESPN. I think that's what they're going to say as long as they continue to talk. I think they like the direction it's headed. I definitely think that there are some crossover games that ESPN wants to put together with the ACC to help sprinkle some additional funds on the ACC. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a little bit of quiet between now and Labor Day. And then I think you're going to have after Labor Day, in the days after it, you're going to have some kind of announcement that the Pac-12 is going all in with ESPN. I don't think that Notre Dame is going to stop being an independent. As long as they can get to the playoff, as long as they can get $70 million plus from NBC or whoever, I think Notre Dame is happy to not have to play Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan, happy to not have to play Georgia and Alabama and LSU, and can still get into a 12-team playoff and collect a $100 million check for doing so. Notre Dame's going not going to the Big Ten. I don't think that's going to happen unless the SEC and the Big Ten get in the way and say, hey, we're not going to play you. You're going to have to play a bunch of Pac-12 schools. You're going to have to play a bunch of uh, mid-majors uh, during your season. We're not going to help you get to the playoff. Now, if that happens, maybe it gives Notre Dame pause. But I don't think it's going to happen, and I think Notre Dame does covet their independence. So then it becomes a question of subsidization. Would the Big Ten subsidize Oregon and Washington just to take them? And I don't think so. Like, you might, if you're Kevin Warren or you're Fox or NBC or CBS, want Washington and Oregon in the conference. You might, if you're UCLA and USC, want Oregon and Washington in the conference because now you don't have to travel. But if you are Minnesota, if you are Purdue, if you are Iowa, do you want another obstacle to hurdle? And do you want to have to share your revenue from your media rights deal? And I think that's where the logic of it all falls apart for me. And I and I get it. I understand that Kevin Warren wants to turn college football into the NFL light. But I have news for him. The NFL, as it is, prints money because it is the premier sports football league and sports league. I think if college football tries to be the NFL, it's going to become evident pretty quickly that it's not quite the NFL and it's not as good and not as talented and, oh my gosh, there's no parody like the NFL has. And so I think it falls flat in that way. I also think ESPN is the king. It's the kingmaker here. ESPN can, can save the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or both of them by coming in full force and saying, look, we're going to, these are the conferences that we're going to support. I want more of your phone calls. Mark in Portland's going to lead us off after the break. 503-417-7575. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.